Hello, and welcome to another episode of Science of the Southland. As always, my name is Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me from rainy Atlanta, Georgia, is none other than Mr. Jake Grant. How are you today, sir? Good, sir. Aren't you only like a mile from me now? It's, it's rainy for you, too, isn't it? Uh, see, I have the blinds closed, so if I don't see the rain, it doesn't exist. You know what? That That's fair. That's fair. If I, also, I ignore the problem as long as possible, it doesn't exist. I was going to say, I also know you live uh, kind of around the corner of your building, so maybe you maybe you just don't get the rain. I don't know. It Worth a shot. Um, but yeah, it's a little rainy, a little gross, and that's why I uh, didn't go to tennis today because they were inside. So, I mean, I was really waiting for you to give me an opening to make a pun about uh, a certain Credence Clearwater revival song. Um, oh, man, that's a little too obscure even for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Rod Stewart. Come on. You have to know the Rod Stewart version of Have You Ever Seen the Rain? I mean, yeah, I, I've heard I've heard both versions. I just would never have thought that that's what you were going for on that. But uh, <sighs> terrible, terrible co-host habits. Yeah. Uh, points against points. I mean, somebody should somebody should keep score of our podcast you know who wins eight to six something like that you know uh, it, it add yeah. a little flair to the uh, production maybe we'll just have to get a dinger every time someone wins a point or loses a point um speaking of points there were a lot of them scored across a lot of different competitions this week in georgia tech sports I'm going to set up the timer for 30 minutes. You're going to pick where we start today as I vamp until I can find the timer app. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, and I pick that we start with the track because right. otherwise uh, we'll work through them and not give them their time of day because they did some good stuff this week. So, All right. 30 minutes on the clock. Here we go. Track. Give me the updates. I saw a couple of things come up around the wire. Uh, we did see Nicole Fegans and Austin Kent do some wonderful things like you uh, like you set up. We also had an ACC Freshman of the Year finisher. So, so tell me some things here. Yeah. Uh, first off, I think it's Andrew Kent. I think Austin Kent is a football player, maybe. But no, Andrew, Andrew Kent um, broke the men's outdoor 5K school record. Um, if, if you've heard the names Vegans and Kent, it's because we've said them a lot this year. Um, for good reason. Yes, for good, for very good reasons. Um, uh, Nicole Vegans owns the record in uh, basically every distance event. Uh, and Andrew Kent isn't much far uh, behind her in terms of the outdoor distance stuff. Um, but yes, also Cameron O'Neill, freshman of the year um, in the uh, indoor season. Uh, I believe his main event is long jump. So good to see that from him. He uh, put uh, at least a foot off of his high school, uh, put another foot at least onto his high school vest. Um, I can't remember what the exact number is with that, but he had a uh, a nice little breakout year. So um, yeah, you know, Tech notching a couple more top 25 times in terms of uh, national rankings. Again, the season's uh, firing up now. And as you can tell by us going to two meets, uh, a lot more teams are in action, so I think we can put put some faith in in seeing a lot of names uh, in top ten, top fifteen, uh, up and down, up and down the squads. Uh, but they were split between Raleigh and FSU, so uh, the points are made up and don't matter. So, 
Yeah, in this case, in this case, at least. So it's good. I mean, again, Fegans can't. I feel like we'll just be saying those names for what? They they both have a couple years left on the flats, I think. Uh, I think uh, Fegans might be a senior, uh, just because I remember hearing her name um, last time cross-country went to nationals before this year. Um, Kent is, you know what? It'd be a good idea to just pull up the roster. I'm going to do that, and so that way I don't say something wrong. Um, got some great names on this roster, by the way. Leif Anderson, man, I hope you go find him <laughs> net or something. Um, let's see, where is Kent? Yeah, Andrew Kent, senior ME. Um, so he's he's old too, but uh, you know, with the COVID stuff, you never really know who might come back, especially with track being a program that really loves having um, – it's master's students stick around. Uh, we talked about Bria Matthews, I believe, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Nahum Solomon took another year, year and a half uh, after his senior year because he's still at eligibility uh, in indoor, uh, I believe, to stick around. I just, sometimes, like some of these, especially with track, the eligibility stuff does not compute for me. Well, especially like, like Solomon was like a second year master's student still racing, which was yeah. wild. I think he got injured one winter or something like that. And that probably probably pushed him off schedule. Um, but yeah, no, he was, he was speedy. And then he, his cross country career was done literally a year or two before he was actually done on flats. So. Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk about the other time trial sport uh, that would be swimming that it's NCAA men's swim and dive championships uh, this past mm-hmm weekend so tell me tell me what happened um well i uh i'm gonna put this out here i know i said i expected a top 16 finish uh top 20 finish and we got 21st but i'm not gonna eat crow on this um (laughs) sorry Uh, that's because georgia tech um while it was a great finish it's better by three spots than the one that they did in the last ncaa's um and they had some great swims from uh Christian Ferraro, Kyle Pampudis, um, many All-Americans shared between the two of them. Uh, Batur Un, a great showing in his first time out at NCAAs. Um, all this is really good. But um, Tech also, I'm not going to say added quite a bit of time, but there was definitely uh, some points that uh, in relays in particular, they they uh, they could have picked up uh, by holding seed. And I, I'm going to hedge my words here for a second because – Georgia Tech is not a team that can just waltz into a conference championship meet and not taper into that or not um, not uh, focus on that meet. At that meet, you need to make sure your swimmers, because there aren't a ton of them that are going to go to NCAAs. It's not Texas or Florida or Cal or Georgia or uh, Indiana. You need to taper into that meet and then just hope you get the best results uh, two, three weeks later. And that's what they did. Um, so... 21, yeah, if, if they pick up, they had a couple top 10 relays uh, and, and top eight relays all score a, uh, I believe this is a scientific term, but a metric buttload of points. Because, um, <laughs> you know, if you get yourself into that A final, uh, or I guess it's a timed final. So if you get yourself in the top eight, um, you get 22 points, right? And we got 40 overall. And if we hold seed in those two relays that we were highest ranked in, boom, that's 84 uh, or not 84, that's 44, giving us a total of 84. Um, and that puts us right into the uh, top 16-ish conversation 
So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to eat crow. This team's really good. Um, you can't really, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to explain <laughs> it away, but it's, they, they it's did. just, they left points on the table. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to be frustrated with that. I think it's like you said, if they had held seed, then, and they had performed to where we know that they can perform in that meet, then you're talking about a, a little bit of a different polish on the finish. Right. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but the way that they, and, and obviously it's a single data point, it comes down to a single data point and how those championships are decided. Oh. But, but still, when, when you want to project, you have those previous times to, you know, to predict off of. And if they don't hold seed, then it kind of left in the, in the wilderness there. Yeah. And uh, I, I think great examples of this really can be found in quite a few places. Um, but Batura Unlu just barely misses making the uh, A final in a 200 free. And then he goes out and, and frankly, smokes the field, uh, finishes at the top of the Constellation final. If he swims that time, but in the uh, championship final, that's another six points we're talking about there. Kyle Barone just barely misses the consolation final in the 100 back. Once you're in the conversation there, you know, yeah, yeah at least get one point, but you could get two, three, four uh, with not a ton of movement there. Uh, and then obviously the same story with the relays. And obviously you can't really expect um, to hold top eight when you're going up against, frankly, Teams that are, you know, it's like watching the the Gwinnett Stripers play the Braves, you know, like you can only expect so much out of that. But, you know, picking up those two points, four points, eight points, you get yourself a top 20 finish there. There's just a lot around the margins uh, that Mm -hmm. I think is really tough for a team like Tech that does need to taper really hard into ACCs because we have such a challenging conference, because we, you know, we need to make sure all the depth that we want to get through to NCAAs needs to get those times uh, in Greensboro or, or to notch them before, frankly. But, you know, in Greensboro in order to make sure that they are assured to go to NCAAs because we don't have the luxury of being, oh, yeah, like, it'll work out. We got three guys who could get a B cut in uh, in whatever and, and, you know, have Texas with an army of Longhorns rolling into uh, into NCAAs. That's mm-hmm. a different story. They, they, they're – a great program. 15 titles for Eddie Rees is nothing to shake your head at. But, uh, you know, Georgia Tech finished as the sixth best ACC team, I believe, uh, just eyeballing this, and finished 21st in the meet. <laughs> you know, like that is – that's a It's a competitive conference. Program. It's a very competitive conference. Yeah. Um, one other thing I did want to note before we move on, because I know I, I ranted a lot there for a second. Um, one, I want to say this is really good. And I want to benchmark it with this one thing in particular. We saw a lot of FSU this year. Wouldn't you say so? Yes. Between Lots the- of trips to Talanasty. Yeah. The, the, the dual meet that was really tight at the beginning of the year. We saw them in, in Athens at our midseason taper meet or our midseason um, championship meet. Uh, we beat them by seven and a half points. Mm-hmm. I think that that is if that's the team we have the most data points against, we say we can compete with them and we say we can beat them. Hey, we may not have got them at ACCs. I honestly can't remember, but I I don't think we did. Otherwise I would have noted it, but when it mattered, we beat the team that we knew we were in the competitive neighborhood with. uh, And I think that that counts for something. Okay. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. 
Uh, knocking off a couple more results here. Women's tennis was on a bye. Uh, softball only got one game of its uh, newly scheduled series versus Middle Tennessee State in uh, due to rain. Its previously scheduled series versus UNC was postponed because of COVID issues at UNC. Uh, let's switch gears to men's tennis. They split the week. They uh, had a nice little outing uh, at outdoor Ken Byers versus NC State uh, and then had a bit of a downer today versus Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to put this out there before we dive too much into Friday. I was I was at Friday's match, so I have plenty of takes on that. But today, coming from the emotional and tense match that was Friday to, hey, we got to play inside because it's rainy and gross today against the top 12 team. Um, while uh, instead of getting like, you know, the, the, I don't know, Georgia Tech plays really well when, when the fans get into it. Um, and I think that was proven on Friday. Not that I expected the result from today, but, you know, 4 1, it, I don't know. It, I'm not going to stink. It's it's like it's whiplash, right? Yep. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Like they were fairly competitive, not so much in doubles, but like they were in the mix, uh, played really well on uh, court one. Again, Marcus McDaniel's been tearing it up on one and two this year. So is Andres Martin. Uh, the two of those guys are really something special. But um, yeah, so the wake game today uh, or the wake match today. I know neither of us saw a ton of that, but I, I was following the scores the whole way through. Uh, women's basketball and also baseball. So I, I feel like I at least followed the vibe of the match and, you know, not a great, uh, not a great day, but not a bad day either. But talking Friday, I, I need to ask, did you see any of this match on Friday? I did not. I did not. Okay. Well then, then you missed out. Uh, do you want to know why? Sure. NC state top 25 team, Georgia tech top 40 team, with something to prove at home. You think that's a good a good setup, right? Yes. And I feel the ESPN like uh NFL countdown music playing in my head right now. Okay. Fair like enough. The competitive, like the we're really gearing up for this. You're you're setting this up very nicely, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So so you understand that there are some stakes here. Georgia Tech has through this season so far beat all the teams it's supposed to, or at least we're close to in its neighborhood. Like Virginia Tech at the time was ranked, you know, better than us, but it it wasn't a top 25 statement win in the way that knocking off a top 25 team would be, right? And if you want to make the tournament, Georgia Tech needs to pick up a win or two like that. And if if you look back and they at the end of the year, they make the tournament, even if it's, you know, last team in kind of thing, I think we can – look back on Friday and say that was what did it because Georgia Tech when they're when they needed to draw up at least some sort of movement in uh in picking off a team above them was able to accomplish that on Friday in, in quite thrilling fashion too I might add okay okay I, I I'm picking up what you're putting right. down here all right doubles we go into doubles and on the three courts Two are in tiebreak and one is six five going into the into the like payoff. So on court one, it's six six. I think it was six five on court two and then six six on court three. Georgia Tech manages to take the doubles point 
and, and that includes rallying from being down on both courts. That has to be the tightest, uh, the tightest play I've seen. And here's the thing about NC State. They are loud. They complain a lot. And they will make you. They, they will make sure you know that they are playing well when they're playing well. Tech was able to. Then I I, I know how <laughs> I know how you're going to feel about that. It's uh, it's hmm. the exact thing that makes you go like, oh, that's gross. Why why are they being like that? But um, yeah, no. Number twenty one, NC State's doubles uh doubles pairs were quite solid uh on court one. Um, Marcus McDaniel and Andres Martin, uh, the number 43 ranked pair, um, were in tie break against the number 17 pair. Um, and then on two, uh, Brandon Freestone, Pablo Seltzer, uh, knocked off a number 30. So top, uh, top 30 ranked doubles pair. And then it was close on three as well. Um, turning to singles again, very, very close, very gutty. Um, Andres Martin, has to be my man of the match uh, for both of these. Uh, he pulled off a ranked win on Sunday, but on Saturday found himself in a four to one hole up, uh, up one set to nothing against the top hundred player and managed to, uh, despite, let me say some questionable calls uh, that were not really getting backed up or overturned by the ump uh, managed to rally to win six to four by winning five straight games. Um, Impressive. Marcus McDaniel knocked off number 13, Alex uh, Gallarno, uh, 7-6-6-2 on court one. That is a statement win if I've ever seen it. And then um, Brandon McKinney, uh, no, was it McKinney? No, it was uh, um, Chen Dong dropped a point on six, and then uh, Tech was able to clinch. Uh, I believe I, I believe one was the clincher, but Pablo Shelcher won 7-6-6-2 uh, in similar fashion to Marcus McDaniel on court three. So top three courts for tech doubles, uh, all really came through against, uh, particularly in doubles, some great competition. Um, and then tech cleaned up. Uh, they didn't suspend the match, um, at four, one instead, they, uh, they played it out. Actually it was four Oh when I left. So they, they must've kept playing out on, uh, on six and then four and five just did the one Oh tie break. So tech took it, uh, six to one. Very impressive from what I can tell from this description. I was going to say, I know that was a lot of talking. I hope I didn't oversell to anyone, but that's one of the best tennis matches that I've seen us play in in quite a long time. And like I said, if you see us playing in postseason play uh, on the men's side, I I think it would have to – this game went a long way towards uh, making that happen. It's the Heisman moment of the resume, effectively. Yeah, yeah. If you want to call it that, then, yeah, I'd say that's a fair way to put it. Okay, let's uh, let's keep moving. Another programming note, I guess, uh, on this week. Uh, baseball went two and one at Duke. I I don't have a ton to say on this one. I didn't watch a ton of it. I my understanding from today's game was that the, the it was more or less the same problems that Tech has had with starting pitching, sort of coming to roost. Yeah, um, I mean. He just uh, Sam Crawford just got hit by uh, by the batters from you could see it in the first. They were kind of coming around on him, uh, pulled in the third. Um, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything. There were there were some uh, runs that we left on the table too, but you know we took the series two one. Um, I don't know. It was a quick turnaround into a, an 11 a.m. game today 
as well. Mm -hmm. So not going to explain it away because it would be nice to have as much, uh, as much breathing room behind us as we could possibly get. I believe we are alone at the top right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to look that up. Um, Duke's all right. They were a top 25 team in a couple polls. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're in front of North Carolina by two games. Uh, I believe they're trying to finish a game and then get in a second uh, today. So who knows? Uh, they could be as good as tied with us, but then behind them, Pitt, Virginia Tech, uh, both at eight and six, uh, presumably wrapping up their games today as well. So we could be still atop the Coastal alone this time. Um, so, you know, that that's not terrible. Just got to go two and one the rest of the way. Two and one every single series. Doesn't matter how you do it. Hey, um, a meatloaf every weekend uh, puts you in a regional for sure. So I do not get that joke at all. We are going to step right past it and talk about volleyball, who played a pod in Louisville uh, earlier this week. I watched a little bit of the NC State game that, that they won. Um, was impressed by that bounce back performance, but we also have to talk about what came before the bounce back, which was a not so great performance versus the the home team. I got bad news. <laughs> uh, Re Louisville, um, Virginia just canceled the rest of its season. Uh, so uh, any games that uh, Virginia and Louisville have the slate just became automatic wins. Uh, so good times. Anyways, Louisville was a game we needed to win. Uh, Georgia Tech had the unfortunate uh, position of drawing Louisville and Pittsburgh, both on the road in pod play this year. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think we really stepped up to the challenge on Friday. Yeah, I. you did see that Manny McKissick was back from a foot injury. That was good to see, especially considering, you know, 2019, et cetera, the year. That yep. will always help. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, they kept it close-ish. I mean, they weren't losing these sets 25 to 15. It was like 25 to 18, 25 to 19, I think. Um, but and, and if you were sort of following the score updates like I was for uh, later in the game, um, it, it was close. It's just that they... Against it, it was the same story against Pitt too. It's just that they couldn't get those final couple of points to close the gap. Those like kind of that two point five inch or two point five point margin in football that they give you for for home betting or, or mm -hmm. for home field advantage. Like the exact same margins. I think they just couldn't overcome that hump. Um, and in both cases, I think it was similar performances, similarly disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to win some of these games at some point uh, if you want to make the tournament. And with uh, with the tournament being forty eight teams this year, uh, you know, even if it's a home a home match, like you expect to at least look a little bit more competitive. Take a set, take two sets. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, and some of it's fluky, some of it's just you know more. It's some of it's home cooking, depending yeah. on uh, where you are. Exactly. Um, but uh, I don't know. Not that I had myself convinced we were going to win an AC ACC title in this, 
but uh, we are no longer in the driver's seat, and that's what you get for losing games to uh, to teams that you can beat, you know, or 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 should beat at least to be in the conversation. Tech's still in the top four. I believe the ACC sent uh, three or four teams uh, the year before um, the pandemic to the tournament. So who knows? Um, I know there's been a lot of uh, chatter about trying to get that tournament back up to 64 teams. So I think there's still hope for Tech. I mean, we have Notre Dame to play still at home. Um, so that that's a quality conference win if we can get that uh, coming up here um, in the last, I believe, what do we have, two weeks left? Um, in the conference slate. Mm. There, it's also important to note, we looked at the RPI ratings this week, and I think Tech was sitting around 34th. So even at a 48-team field, you're still not entirely safe there for an at-large. You're, you're in the ballpark, yeah. but you, you got to finish, finish the slate strong to really cement yourself as an at-large. Yes. Um, I know this sounds like a bold statement, but I, I would like to see Tech go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, I don't think um, it's I an think entirely bold would... statement. I don't think it's that hard of a sell. It's just you have that Notre Dame game, and you got to make the most of that opportunity. Yeah, that's definitely the one to circle and star for our um, for our listeners at home. Uh, if you're going to watch one game the rest of the way, that is – that's the one to see. Uh, I'm stalling a little bit because my computer is being slow pulling up the rest. But I don't think we've seen Duke yet. I, I haven't seen any movement on getting UNC back in the schedule uh, because we did lose a, a the opportunity to play them uh, because of their COVID issues uh, in the past. But we'll have um, we'll have Notre Dame and Duke, and then maybe North Carolina if they can get that in. Um, and that's coming up this weekend, so that'll be tough. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Moving right along, tell me about golf's escapades. I think they were in Stanford this week. They were. Um, they got uh, they got ninth out there. Um, uh, notably, it could have been lower, but uh, Christo Lamprecht, uh, he is a freshman, uh, but um, he came back with three eagles on the back nine of the last day. Uh, an eagle is two under par. So that means he picked up six strokes in one fell swoop. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that's not bad. <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll bail you out. That will yeah. absolutely bail you out. Georgia tech, uh, moved up nine spots on the last day. Uh, Oregon also moved up nine spots on the last day. Those six strokes, uh, without them, they would have been in uh 10th, I believe. Um, they finished ahead of number 45 TCU, uh, but behind number 19, SMU, number 12, Pepperdine, uh, number eight, uh, Arizona State, and then the hosts, Washington, St. Mary's, Nevada, and uh, the fellow mover and shaker, Oregon. Um, Tech finished plus 14. Um, that's eh, pretty solid. Minus seven on the last day helps out a lot. Um, I think the uh, the man of the match, the man of the week, uh, definitely goes to Lamprecht. Uh, that uh, performance with all those Eagles is not something to uh, shake a stick at um, really, really helps when you're, when you're playing well, I guess um, our uh, let's see, I'm trying to click over to round three golf stats a little slow as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, no Norton. Uh, he, 
He, Christo Lamprecht, Connor Howe, and Bartley Forrester were our scorers. Um, everybody finished right about in the same spot, so nobody really stood out. So that's what puts uh, Lamprecht in front. But you know what? This team is not uh, – I think they've kind of settled into the post-mega-transcended uh, talent for three straight years uh, era. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not that this is their ceiling, but uh, it seems like they've at least – found the floor. So, you know, top 50 is an acceptable place to be, I'd say. Okay. I I just want to comment on the absurdity of Washington hosting a golf tournament in Palo Alto, California. Wait, it's, was it hosted by Stanford? I I thought the I thought the you just said that Washington was the host. No, behind the hosts. Stanford. Yeah, you said behind the hosts comma washington no i meant like behind the hosts i don't know i think your english is poor and uh the fact that an uh, an immigrant is commenting on your poor english is is saying something Uh, you know what it's (laughs) been a long week and it'll be four more long weeks until i can graduate or whatever that is um what was i gonna say yeah no washington it was on stanford's golf course this was hosted by stanford um I don't know. It, it like look, we saw a we saw a golf <laughs> tournament in like what Nevada hosted by no in in like Palm Springs hosted by Wyoming. Yes, it gets weird. All right, it's it's not unexpected. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> all right, we're we're moving on before before we lose before we lose you. The last topic of the day, uh, and we will get into extra time shortly here is women's basketball. We haven't really talked about it or led with any news about it. We are recording this barely a scant hour after their game finished up. They did unfortunately lose to South Carolina by, what, 12, 11? I didn't really look at the final score. I was just very annoyed um, at South Carolina not being able to to miss baskets. And, uh, you know... That uh, that makes me feel very very upset. I don't uh, I don't blame you for that. It's uh, it's tough. They scored a lot of uh, points in the paint. A lot of not going to say easy, but uh, points you think that we could probably at least get a defender on. Um, but you know what? There's only so many times you can come back from a double digit deficit. And and quite frankly, the the better, more experienced team won today. And I know that's not a lot of consolation or excuse or anything like that, but I, I'm at peace. It was a good year. It was a good run. Got some entertainment. Coach did a great job. Players stepped up. That's all I can really ask. I'm not necessarily disappointed in the performance. I, I, don't, want, I don't want my, like, I, I guess I don't want my soliloquy to come, acro- come across that way at all. My thing is, like, I, it just... I'm very, very annoyed that a team that does not shoot the three ball um, was able to shoot double its usual or make a double its usual number of threes and then also get like 45 points in the paint, not miss us, like miss two buckets maximum in the in the third quarter. It's it's not in and, and all of this while tech didn't play super poorly. It didn't really play all that poorly. It's just it was getting really 
stupidly unlucky on that all of these shots. Yeah, and and, and I'm for not South Carolina doesn't score a ton, but man, we we weren't offensively inefficient, particularly in the first half. Um, we didn't see really many, uh, I guess, classic tech streaks of all right. Now we're going to go seven minutes without scoring a point, kind of thing. Like I, I don't know. I, I think my biggest wish is maybe a little more man to man. But like you said, we did. Uh, we did struggle to guard the three ball or, or allow them to take advantage of the three ball more than they usually do. And, uh, and in the second half, we didn't have the stroke from three. So I don't know. It's again, it's, I think both of us are on the same page, right? It's we're content. Yeah. We are fine with the outcome. I just have a couple of quibbles with <laughs> just the statistical absurdity of it. <laughs> and, uh, like the men, uh, because they got both an appearance and a Sweet 16, uh, they'll need two uh, two new banners as well. So it'll give us something to look forward to in the fall. Now there's some expectations. Um, Absolutely. With uh, hopefully being able to play a, a – yeah, here's, a, here's an addendum. I know you can't undo injuries and stuff like that, but having Sarah Bates to space the floor against this team I think would have helped us a decent amount. And, and getting – Getting some, uh, getting some more help next year in terms of just depth. Getting people back from not know, playing a seven-woman rotation might be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some good recruiting. Man, I had the thought this morning: what would this team look like? One, it's one thing to say like, "Oh, what if Francesca Pond came back?" Because she could have because of COVID. No, no, no. What would this team look like with Pond plus the two Elizabeths? Like all the talent that we could theoretically have had this year, probably makes this a Final Four team. Just uh, spitballing there. Or, or an ACC champion type team. And I, I think it, it becomes a lot closer of a race for that ACC regular season title. Like, it, it's not a Louisville, NC State, and then Georgia Tech, and then the rest of the field. It is Louisville, NC State, Georgia Tech, at the three at the top, and then the rest of the field. And... I, I agree. I think it's a big – I think it's there's an argument to be made. I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as Final Four team. I think there's the potential, sure, with all of that talent. But at the same time, you see the Elizabeth's time with Louisville has been split. One of them is getting a lot of minutes. The other isn't. Um, Pon wanted the bag, so she went to uh, it, back to Italy to play basketball, which – Full credit and full respect. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock that. You want the money. You want the money. But also, she graduated. She got her degree. Yeah, she got her degree. I have. There's no like player rights and everything. You know, like players do whatever they want. I have no qualms with that. But I, I think you raise an interesting point. I just don't. I don't. I would not go as far as saying Final Four team. A Final Four potential Elite Eight team. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. Um, but my point where I was going to go with all this is we've had all this talent on the flats, and I'm pretty darn sure we can do it again. We did that with uh, Coach Fired in Scandal and 
no recent, not no recent history of success. Like, yeah, they went to the WNIT finals and, and whatnot. But but now you have stuff to recruit to. You have a brand new locker room. You have a Sweet 16 team. You have one of the most likable figures in all of college sports as your head coach. Like, and quite frankly, the the men can say a lot of similar things. You know, it's it's success begets success. Uh, and I think the ladies. Yes, they'll have more expectations next year, but I think they'll have more to work with, which is why, you know what, Sweet 16, give them some experience, get some eyes on the team. I don't think, like, even if we beat South Carolina today, I don't know if we had four potential top one, two seed victories in a row in us, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It was going to happen at some point. I wasn't embarrassed by this game. I don't think anybody should be. They played their hearts out. Uh, they kept it in and, and manageable when it could have gotten a whole hell oh, of a lot. It almost more. got out of hand in the third quarter. It almost oh, got yeah. way out of hand in that third quarter. Well, they, they drew it back from, what, 17 down to, like, six or four down? Like, yeah, they, is- ended the, they ended the quarter. Because South Carolina couldn't miss. They were 10 to 12 during that quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and- and it's it's frustrating to see somebody be that effective, but you know this is one of the best teams on the planet that they just played, and it's and that's even more true in, in uh, than it is when you say like oh yeah Alabama could they beat the Browns kind of thing. Well, in the WNBA, there's only a handful of teams, so it's quite literally a top twenty team on the planet that we just played. So fair, I mean. Losing by twelve to the like the what the second overall seed in the tournament the oh. either like a top five team in the nation I'm not again I'm not super disappointed I I'm with you I'm not super disappointed again just quibbles with how they got there they'll be back I, and, and I, I think there's no there's no like systematic like talent coaching whatever issue uh, that I'm worried about like I trust that. Nell will go recruit. Some people will come back and then uh, run it back next year, you know? Yeah. It really comes down to who else shows up in the ACC, I think. Uh, You saw Cuse sort of hang with Tech until late in the season in terms of the standings uh, as that second-tier team um, to Louisville and NC State. But, I mean – I don't think there is a cohesive argument that you can make for any of the teams left in the in the lower pack to say that they'll move up into that second tier with Tech right now, at least. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely teams that have gotten gotten better. Clemson used to be a doormat. Now they're middle of the table. Uh, Wake Forest, similar. Like, there's just not really a defined bunch of risers outside of Tech. And I think that you're right. That that gives us something to uh, to capitalize on. And I think that speaking of Syracuse, after wow, it 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 feels like Tiana. Uh, Mon- you're gonna butcher I, her name. You're gonna butcher yeah, it. Don't I even know. try. Uh, she's 25. She started with Syracuse a long time ago. Um, I mean, she I, got a redshirt year, a medical redshirt year, and then played four other years. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, <laughs> it's that that is the star and the heart and soul of their team. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, it'll be it, it gives Tech more um, 
I guess. Maneuvering space. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. They'll be back. I, I am convinced of it. They will be back in this sort of situation next season. It was a fun ride. Both of these teams were fun to watch late in the season. I'm not disappointed. Like you said, we're hanging two new banners. Speaking of, speaking um, of both of these teams, I, I do want to get this blurb in because I watched Passner post uh, postseason uh, media availability, and I did not know that when uh, Joseph Scott fired, before they hired – Coach Nell Fortner, they had Passner out there coaching the ladies and helping out with them. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, I don't know if it should be funny, but I was amused. Uh, I don't know if it's – I mean, I guess that's not unexpected. I, I hesitate to actually say it's une- It's expected of him to do that. Um, you'd think that they'd grab and like, pa- or they'd grab one of Passner's assistants to coach the women's team in the interim – or just grab one of the – I mean, there, there was an assistant coach that was the that was the interim head coach. Yeah. I, I'm confused. I'm confused about why that was a situation when they had an interim coach. Yeah, I don't know. But um, either, either way, it just – that was, like, something that I heard, and I thought of the old, like, uh, John Heisman coaches baseball and football and basketball, Bobby Dodd is coordinating the football team and still coaching, but you know, stuff like that. Like you just don't mm. hear, I guess, interesting things like that in modern sports. Like it, it just seemed like a little nugget of like, huh? Yeah. We used to have coaches that like coached eight teams at once, you know? Hey, but, labor specialization is a hell of a drug. All right. Hey, that's what'll get you the uh, DH faster than you can shake a stick at staring at three straight pitches down the middle. <laughs> We don't have to get into that. I'm not not in the mood to talk about the Braves until like two weeks from now. I don't want I don't want that stress. I've had I've had enough of sporting stress for a day. You know what happens in like two weeks from now, right? Uh, opening day? Question mark. No, opening day is in like one week. Uh, Cubs Braves, I believe, is the second week of the season. So, dear Lord. Okay, we're we're done. We're done. See everyone next week. Uh, I'm going to have to go recover from this.